You're listening to Seed of the Woman, a podcast dedicated to telling the grandest story of all and to exposing the mystery of 666. everyone, Randall Gilmore here. In this episode, I'm going to break off from further study of the scriptures to connect what I've shared so far with what's happening in the world today. As people move closer than ever before to embracing the end-time utopia led by the beast out of the sea in association with the mystery of 666, I want to talk with you in particular about three organizations out of dozens, perhaps even hundreds, to show that everything I've shared so far in this podcast is not just speculation about the future, and therefore something no one really has to pay attention to, but biblical prophecy unfolding before our eyes, prophecy that's an integral part of the larger story of the seed of the woman. And I know you know this, but I don't want it to go without saying, the seed of the woman is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's his story I'm telling now in this podcast, the same story we headline in the Gospel Story Arc project. Once again, I invite you to check out the website, gospelstoryarc.org. That's gospelstoryarc.org. We use the science of story to better tell who Jesus is. And remember, it's your story too. I'll take a quick break and return in just a moment with more information on three organizations that are doing everything they can to create a utopia of their own for the world. So I want to talk with you about three organizations that are leading the way to a global utopia. Though my intention is only to offer a very high-level view of them. And that's because there's so much information out there on them all and on their ties, not just to each other, but also to dozens of other similarly focused organizations. So a point-by-point analysis of each one would take us way beyond the scope of this podcast. Still, you should know that the information I'm sharing with you, I took from their websites. And I want to alert you that I'll be doing a lot of quoting from these sites using their words. I'll put links to these sites in the description for this episode so you can check them out for yourself and uncover additional details. Okay, here are the three. The United Nations, the World Economic Forum, and the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. Now I'll start with the United Nations because of its 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The agenda which was adopted in 2015 by all of the member states, features 17 so-called Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, intended, quote, to provide a shared blueprint for peace and prosperity for people and the planet now and in the future. Now, just for context, I'll quickly read all 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Number one, end poverty in all its forms everywhere. Number two, end hunger, achieve food security, and improve nutrition, and promote sustainable agriculture. Number three, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. Number four, 
ensure inclusive and equitable quality education, and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Number five, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Number six, ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. Number seven, ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. Number eight, promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. Number nine, build resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization, and foster innovation. Number 10, reduce inequality within and among countries. Number 11, make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. Number 12, ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. Number 13, take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. Number 14, conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. Number 15, protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems. Sustainably manage forest, combat desertification, and halt and reverse land degradation and halt biodiversity loss. Number 16. Promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. Number 17. Strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the Global Partnership for Sustainable Development. Now, at first glance, people might ask, how could anyone disagree with anything on this list? And admittedly, there's a balance that we have to strike when it comes to any commendable pursuit of knowledge and practices that will improve and preserve life on this planet. It's part of our duty to give witness to the coming restoration of all things. And I'll talk more about that in future episodes. But when you pull back the curtain on the UN's goals, you begin to see many of the beliefs, values, and practices that I've mentioned throughout the podcast as features of a worldview steeped in rebellion against God, bent on creating a political, economic, and religious utopia detached from Jesus' return and from the necessity of his physical presence here on earth for the restoration of all things. For example, to the UN, Implementing Goal 5, which is achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. To the UN, Goal 5 means ensuring the right of women and girls to safe and legal abortion. A second example relates to Goal 13. That is to take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. The concern reflected in this goal does not stem from the UN's embracing humankind's stewardship of the planet under the mandate God first gave to Adam in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. If the UN were to ever formally embrace the dominion mandate, they would obligate themselves to go so much further to honor God as creator and king over all. Their focus stems instead from an unwillingness to acknowledge God and his promise to restore all things someday through the seed of the woman. By the way, it bears repeating that after the flood, according to Genesis 8, God promised to never again curse the ground or strike down every living creature on the earth, 
and he promised that the earth and its climate would last, presumably right up to the time he makes good on his word and restores all things. Nothing like this has ever entered the collective mind of UN diplomats, and if it has, they've rejected it in favor of their creating a global utopia of their own. And that's the bottom line for the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, a global, political, economic, and religious utopia. Listen carefully to how the UN itself describes this. They write, In these goals and targets, we are setting out a supremely ambitious and transformational vision. We envision a world free of poverty, hunger, disease, and want, where all life can thrive. We envisage a world free of fear and violence, a world with universal literacy, a world with equitable and universal access to quality education at all levels, to healthcare and social protection, where physical, mental, and social well-being are assured, a world where we reaffirm our commitments regarding the human right to safe drinking water and sanitation, and where there is improved hygiene, and where food is sufficient, safe, affordable, and nutritious. A world where human habitats are safe, resilient and sustainable, and where there is universal access to affordable, reliable, and sustainable energy. We envisage a world of universal respect for human rights and human dignity, the rule of law, justice, equality, and non-discrimination, of respect for race, ethnicity, and cultural diversity, and of equal opportunity permitting the full realization of human potential and contributing to shared prosperity. A world which invests in its children and which every child grows up free from violence and exploitation. A world in which every woman and girl enjoys full gender equality and all legal, social, and economic barriers to their empowerment have been removed. A just, equitable, tolerant, open, and socially inclusive world in which the needs of the most vulnerable are met. We envisage a world in which every country enjoys sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth and decent work for all. A world in which consumption and production patterns and use of all natural resources from air to land, from rivers, lakes, and aquifers to oceans and seas are sustainable. One in which democracy, good governance, and the rule of law as well as an enabling environment at national and international levels are essential for sustainable development, including sustained and inclusive economic growth, social development, environmental protection, and the eradication of poverty and hunger, one in which the development and the application of technology are climate sensitive, respect biodiversity, and are resilient, one in which humanity lives in harmony with nature, and in which wildlife and other living species are protected. Wow, all this is obviously the language of utopia. But again, utopia not because Jesus has returned and is ruling over all, but because of the world coming together on its own to make a shem for itself. And that takes us to the second organization, the World Economic Forum, and its pursuit of a so-called Great Reset taking a similar track to the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. According to the World Economic Forum website, quote, the COVID-19 crisis and the political, economic, and social disruptions it has caused 
is fundamentally changing the traditional context for decision-making. The inconsistencies, inadequacies, and contradictions of multiple systems, from health and financial to energy and education, are more exposed than ever amidst a global context of concern for lives, livelihoods, and the planet. Leaders find themselves at a historic crossroads, managing short-term pressures against medium and long-term uncertainties. The Great Reset Initiative has a set of dimensions to build a new social contract that honors the dignity of every human being. And so the World Economic Forum is very much on board with a pursuit of a global utopia. Now, finally, there's the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. Like the UN and World Economic Forum, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism also aims for the utopia represented by the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. But to them, capitalism is the culprit, because capitalism in its current forms is blocking the way, and so it must be reformed, once again, with a kind of utopia in mind. So here's what they say at the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. We consider that inclusive capitalism is fundamentally about creating long-term value for all stakeholders, businesses, investors, employees, customers, governments, communities, and the planet, guided by an approach that provides equality of opportunity for all people to pursue prosperity and quality of life, irrespective of criteria such as socioeconomic background, gender, ethnicity, religion, or age equitable outcomes for those who have the same opportunities and seize them in the same way, fairness across generations so that one generation does not overburden the planet or realize near-term benefits that incur long-term costs at the cost of future generations, and fairness to those in society whose circumstances prevent them from full participation in the economy. Now, interestingly enough, Though the three organizations I've mentioned are separate from each other, there's a ton of overlap. At the same time, the three organizations are pursuing their utopia from different angles. The UN from the political, the World Economic Forum from the economic, and the Council for Inclusive Capitalism from the religious. In fact, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism solicited the involvement of the Pope for the sake of their being able to claim moral authority to pursue their goals. When you go to their website, you'll see a cover photo lineup of several of their leaders with Pope Francis standing in the center. Now, it's not my intention to just go off on the Pope or to start speculating on his or any other current religious leader's involvement in end times. I'm definitely not Roman Catholic. Still, I'm making every effort to be accurate and deliberate in how I tell the story of the seat of the woman while exposing the mystery of 666. And I've been saying all along that when the beast out of the earth and out of the sea rise to power someday, their system will not just be political and economic, but also religious. Featuring religion grown out of apostasy and out of affinity for the spirit world empowered by Satan. And so let the facts speak for themselves. Because this involvement of religion in the political and economic pursuit of utopia is already showing ties to the rival spirit world. For example, the Pontifical Council for Culture just last month, I'm talking now about May of 2021, held a conference called Exploring the Mind, Body, and Soul. 
The conference was intended to, quote, unite more than a hundred of the foremost leading physicians, scientists, leaders of faith, ethicists, patient advocates, policymakers, philanthropists, and influencers in power conversations on the breakthroughs in medicine, healthcare delivery and prevention, as well as the anthropological outcomes and the cultural impact of technological advances. Once again, on the surface, all of this sounds good, but according to one Archbishop of the Roman Catholic Church, this conference is, quote, the umpteenth scandalous confirmation of a disturbing departure of the current hierarchy, and in particular its highest Roman members from Catholic Orthodoxy. The result is the superimposition over the true church of a sect of heretical and depraved modernists who are intent on legitimizing adultery, sodomy, abortion, euthanasia, idolatry, and any perversion of the intellect and will. The true church is now eclipsed, denied and discredited by her very pastors, betrayed even by the one who occupies the highest throne. I'll include a link to this quote in the description for this episode, among the links I mentioned earlier, so you can read the complete statement for yourself. And as you do, take notice of the statement's reference to something called the Pacamama Statute, because it too shows the apostasy tied to opening doors to the rival spirit world under Satan's influence and control in cahoots with the global political and economic movement pursuing a Jesusless utopia. And so it should be obvious, whether we're talking about the UN and its 17 Sustainable Development Goals, or the World Economic Forum, or the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, or any of the other dozens of organizations that world leaders have created and are coordinating to pursue their dream of a global utopia. The necessary conditions exist now for the beasts out of the sea and the earth come onto the scene and rise to power. All this, along with everything else we've uncovered this season, finally sets the stage for a much fuller account of the history of 666 and why that number will play such a prominent role at the end of the age. More next time on Seed of the Woman.